Equity Mind. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we follow our journey of investing. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name is Bryce, and as always, and for the last time in 2021, I am joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. I'm... This episode is I just said 2021. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's where hey. that's where our heads are at. Yeah, at the yeah, yeah. You're already thinking of the future. As as an investor, that's what you got to do, I guess. Jeez, 2020. Sorry. Anyway, I've completely cut you off your intro there. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. This is our last actual, well, not actual episode, but our last, I guess, in sequence episode. Our last core episode of 2020, and. Next week, we kick off our summer series. I'm going to make a not-so-bold prediction that it's our best summer series yet. We, again, got a bunch of stocks as selected by the Equity Mates community, 12 in total, and we do a deep dive, one stock, one company per episode. With a little added bonus this year, we've managed to track down some of the CEOs of these companies, and we've spoken to them about the companies Mm. that they run. So a little bit of extra content and a little bit of extra insight from some of the people at the top of these companies. So I'm really excited for next week to get them out. But before we do that, we've got a good last episode here. We do, Ren, and I agree. The summer series, best one to date. Uh, Last summer series was all about the small cap, unprofitable (laughs) Australian companies. This year, we had some of the bigger companies in Australia, not all of them profitable, but at least there was some meat on the bone, enough for us to talk about So definitely tune into those over your summer while you're enjoying some, hopefully some time off work as well. But Ren, as always, the last episode of the season is about our bold predictions for 2020. If you have just joined the Equity Mates community and this is your first episode, welcome. At the start of each year, Ren and I usually sit down and uh, get together a few bold predictions as to how we think the market is going to play out over the year. And uh, I think we usually put a couple of beers on the line. We also choose a stock each at the start of the year as our stock of the year, and then we'll review all of that in this episode. Yeah, stock of the year is a segment that I really need to lift my game on. We'll see if I've done it this year, but the last few years have been not so good. Do we want to start with that or do we want to start with the bold predictions? Let's start with stock of the year. That's what we've got in our run sheet. So Okay, all right. Well, should we just lead with the result and then yeah. talk about it? Yeah. So once again, you've beaten me. Once again, I've picked a stock that's lost value over the course <laughs> of the year. I think the summer of 2020 and 2021 is going to be a real moment of reflection for me. <laughs> I'm really going to think about my performance over the past few years, look at what I've done wrong, where my analysis has broken down. I really need to lift. That's all you can do is learn from <laughs> Learn from your mistakes, start journaling, meditate each morning. There's going to be some serious moments of (laughs) self-reflection. But hey, credit where credit's due. You have picked some absolute screamers in the hypothetical portfolio and that's where it counts. You chose Atomos at the start of the year and uh, it is unfortunately down 33%. Yeah. To remind everyone what Atomos is, 
it was a company that built add-ons for cameras to help with video. Yeah. Do you know why perhaps it is down 33% or has it just been slammed due to the COVID and hasn't since recovered? It was slammed during COVID. To give people some context, it lost almost 80% of its value when the COVID collapse happened and I was looking, well, I was not looking forward to this episode. (laughs) Since the COVID lows, it's up about 200, 210%. So it's coming back, but it's not nearly where it was pre-COVID. And I think the combination of, you know, well, I think that the main reason being a lot of professional, you know, movie sets or like, you know, film or camera work has been shut down because of COVID. So that's obviously hurt the company who make add-ons for cameras. So anyway, mm. that's, a, that's a real disappointment for me, I've got to say. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a little bit flat coming into this episode. Um, I've already started my self-reflection and I've got some thoughts that I'm going to bring into next year that I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i share on the show. Nice. Let's talk about you because you've had a bit of a stellar run with this stock of the year. Baby bunting was your stock last year and it absolutely killed it. And this year, you've stayed on the theme of retail. Yes. You are the retail whisperer. You do like to tell people that you're the number one retail <laughs> investing expert in all of Australia. Not true, um, but I'll take it. <laughs> and the Bryce Lesky Golden Touch has found another retail stock that has gone up this year. So tell us about your stock. Thank you, Ren, for the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I chose uh, City Chic. Please note my pronunciation. I think I used to call it City Chic, and I copped a lot of flack in the community. So. Yeah, we've both had a bit of... Uh, I, I've uh, had some feedback on how I say performance. <laughs> yes, <laughs> did I get well, it right there? <laughs> you did. And you got a bit of flack for how you said City Chic. City, city Chic. Anyway, City Chic, the stock ticker is CCX, and it is up from the start of the year... 17%. So carrying us home there, Ren, similar to all of the stocks, did take a, a big beating from its high in February, got smashed right down to about $2, no, less than a dollar, sorry, 80 cents in March. And has since recovered, it's up 280% since the low in March. Hasn't quite hit the high that it was before the market crash, but it's performed pretty well as have a number of stocks on the ASX and globally. Just for people who don't have the the stock price in front of them, rather than prices, let's talk percentages. So it was up from the start of the year, it was up like 40%. Mm-hmm. Then it fell like, what, 80% from the from pre-COVID to the, the bottom of the market during COVID. Yeah. And then it's up about 200% from there. Giving us a total... Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, 280%. 280, yeah. So, yeah. Giving us a total of about 17% since the start of the year. So... I am happy with that. If you've never heard of City Chic, it's um, an Australian retail company, as we said, specialising in sort of plus size clothing for for women, both here and uh, over in the States as well. So I'm still pretty bullish on this one. Keen to see how it plays out next year. Nice one. So we can well and truly say you've once again won Stock of the Year. I think that makes it three from three. Three from three. Jeez, wouldn't want me to go five from five. Wow, no, (laughs) I would not. So I think one of my big learning this year, and this is applicable to my failure with Adamos. I think through this podcast, you know, as we learned about investing and as we spoke to the experts, I got very deep in looking at the numbers and, you know, like looking at revenue growth and profit growth and stuff like that, looking at the key metrics like return on invested capital, return on equity and stuff like that. And I don't, well, definitely with Adamos, I just looked at the numbers, like qualitative, sorry, the quantitative factors, the numbers, but not the qualitative factors, like, you know, 
is this company actually better than other companies in terms of the products and services they offer? Do they have the great people around? And I think for me next year, that the pitch is going to be more than just the numbers. Yeah, nice. That's, that's going to be my commitment. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think I include any numbers in my pitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's nice. been my key learning. So stay tuned because next year I'm going to beat you. That's okay. my first bold prediction for 2021. Oh, wow. <laughs> I like that. Good segue though. But before we do jump into our bold predictions, we'll just take a short break to hear from our sponsors. Nice friends. So bold predictions. We've both made, I think, eight predictions at the start of the year. I've made nine. You snuck an extra one in. Snuck an extra one in really hurt my percentage. Um, (laughs) So let's just go through them. We did do a recap, I think, uh, midway through the year, but we'll we'll close it out now, see who has come out on top and uh, where things have gone relative to where that we thought they were going to go at the start of the year. So... Take it away. All right. Well, do we want to start with my bold predictions? We should. Yeah. Okay. So my first prediction was we will see a company with a $2 trillion market cap that the market will value at $2 trillion or over. At the start of the year, we'd just seen a couple of companies crack $1 trillion, and we did see a company break the $2 trillion mark. That's Apple, which is at the time of recording is a is a bit shy of $2.1 trillion. Mm. Trillion mm. with a T. Pretty phenomenal. Just unbelievable. Yeah. Stupid amount of money. It is. Did I take that bet? I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway. I think with all of these, we didn't include them if the other person didn't take them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that was the first one. That was a yes. The second one for me was that Airbnb will be the biggest IPO in 2020. And at the time, Airbnb was going to IPO earlier in the year. COVID happened and it delayed its IPO. Obviously, travel got absolutely decimated. People weren't booking Airbnbs as much. At the time of recording, Airbnb went public overnight in the US. The 11th of December. In Australia. Yeah. Airbnb was up 112% on the first day it listed. Now, to give you some comparison, I'm going to let you decide if I won this bet or not. Some of the other big IPOs of this year, Palantir is probably the a, a really notable one. It was flat on its first day, but it's now up 170%. Snowflake is another big one in the US. It's up about 200%, but it's been listed for about six months or a few months. In terms of one day performance, I believe it's been the best or the best of the major like, you know, multi-billion dollar market cap companies. Do I get the yes on that one? It's a tricky one given that uh, I think when we originally made the bet that it was the best performing over the entirety of the year. Well, if if you annualize what Airbnb did on one day... It's definitely the best performing. It is. It's not the best performing IPO full stop. Obviously, Snowflake is up 200%. The year's not done. It was it not, um, it's but not in been good, the best but performing in good spirit, <laughs> In good spirit, I will give it to you. Okay. Nice one. Nice one. I may have gone to the mat fighting that one. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it's up 112% in a day shows what I think about Airbnb is that it's just a phenomenal company. And that they just really mispriced the whole IPO. Yeah, or it's just there's so much money in the system that people mm-hmm. are just price agnostic at this point, mm-hmm. which is a whole other conversation that we might be having in 2021. Mm-hmm. But that's not for today. The next prediction that I made was that private equity will stumble. And I thought that the debts that some of these private equity players were carrying, the amount of money flowing into the sector, and just by virtue of the amount of money flowing into the sector, the 
you know, you, you have to chase worse and worse deals because all the best deals have already been done. I thought that it would stumble. It hasn't in any meaningful way. So I didn't win this one. So that's a no from me. I think a lot of the economic stimulus that was pumped into the system around the world really helped companies with high debt loads. And also the fact that interest rates are at record lows also helped those companies. So that was an incorrect prediction from me. You can't get them all right, bro. I know, I know. Well, <laughs> as people will quickly find out, we neither of us got close to all of them right. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yeah, all right, what's next? I was reading this this morning while I was preparing for this episode and I was surprised by how bold I was. So the wax stocks, the five big tech names or the five fast growing tech names in Australia, for people unfamiliar, the companies are WiseTech, Afterpay, Altium, Appen and Zero. Together, that spells wax with three A's. So the wax stocks in 2019 averaged 88% growth over the year. I made the prediction that one, they would do that again. And then two, that Afterpay would be the worst performer of the five companies. I feel like that was a spiteful, <laughs> a spiteful bold prediction. It was just highly <laughs> unnecessary as well. Yeah. Both of those predictions were wrong. The wax stocks taken together did 68.75%. So not bad, but not the 88% they did the year before. And unfortunately for my predictions, they were led by Afterpay, which was up 214% for the year. Crazy. Unbelievable. Would you take this bet as it is right now again for 2020? 88% next year? Yeah. No. But Afterpay, the worst performer? Uh, no. Yeah, right. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Anyway, we've spoken enough about Afterpay this year. Let's yeah. not dwell on that one. My next prediction was that the US Federal Reserve, so the central bank over in the States, would have a balance sheet over $4.5 trillion. The context for this is that the US Federal Reserve, when markets are in a bit of trouble or they need to pump more money into the system, they go and they buy mainly government bonds or other assets and they print money to do that. After the first financial crisis, like the 2008 financial crisis, their balance sheet was over $4.5 and they started to pay that off. But I, I thought that would increase. COVID happened. They Perfect. got very active. Perfect. They fired the money printers up and yeah. they started pumping money into the system. At the time of recording, their balance sheet is $7.2 trillion. So COVID really helped me with They got prediction. out those money guns that you put the rolls yeah. in and just <laughs> shoot, them shoot them around. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> just started firing money everywhere. Money everywhere. So I've got three to go. Okay. Um, my next one was that there would be a third-party challenger in the US presidential election. Now, when I was reading this, I, I assume at the start of the year I put some caveats on this because there's always third-party yeah. challengers. I think I would have said like a notable third-party challenger, like someone who was in the news a lot. Maybe. Does Kanye count? <laughs> <laughs> Kanye? Oh, he was in the news a lot. Yeah, but I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly can't remember this one. So look, without coming with more information, I can't say otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So I guess yes. Great, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Two to go. Next one from me was that another country announces they are or votes on leaving the European Union. Mm. Now, that did not happen this year. So that's a no. 
There are three countries that I reckon you should keep an eye on. Italy, opinion polls keep showing that between 40 and 50% of the population want to leave the EU. Hungary, because of Viktor Orban and what's he, what he's doing leading that country. And then also Poland. But it was a no from me this year. No from you, yeah. 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 And then the last one, we always finish with an AFL one. We're both big AFL fans. I predicted that the Sydney Swans, my team, would finish higher than the Essendon Bombers. Pretty average year for both teams, yeah. but the Swans finished 16th or third last and Essendon finished 13th. Up so, the Bombers. So that was a no. I reckon likely to be reversed in two th- season of 2021. You think Sydney will finish higher than Essendon? Yeah. 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 But we can uh, we can take that discussion into next year. Nice, Ren. So strong to correct. A couple maybes, but we'll give you four out of eight. <laughs> <laughs> Four out of eight to give you a return of 50%. Take it. (laughs) Let's move to mine. I did throw nine in there for some reason. Yeah, Um, always trying to one-up me. Feeling very bold, obviously. My first prediction was that Australia's GDP growth will be less than 1.75%. Obviously, I had no idea that COVID was coming, and COVID has really helped me out with that bet. Just to put some context to it, so we did hit recession there for a little bit, and for those that are unaware, a recession means two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. A depression is four. So luckily, we are not heading towards a depression. We had two quarters in a row of negative growth. I think at its worst, we hit negative 7% contraction through to June. And we have bounced back strongly in September, though, with a, with growth of 3.3%. But uh, certainly overall for Australia, we are still much further behind than we were in 2019. While we were up in the last quarter, we're still 4% lower than a year ago. So we should give a shout out to where you got that information from. Yes, which is Comedian vs. Economist, one of the other shows in the Equity Mates media stable, hosted by two brothers, comedian Adam and professional economist Thomas. <laughs> it's an awesome podcast with, with the idea that they want to break down all of the tricky bits of economics that are very important to understand as an investor. And uh, we suggest you go and listen to them because it's a great compliment to what we're producing over at Equity Mates. It really helps you understand what is going on in the economy. Everything from GDP, recession, depression, house prices, interest rates, you name it, they're unpacking it all for you. So head over and search for that in your podcast feed. Yeah, big shout out to Thomas the Economist for getting us that data. Now, the next prediction you made was that India will be the rock star stock market of 2020. 20. Yes. I keep almost saying 2021. India will be the rock star performer of 2020. I think then we then clarified what that would mean. And you said it would outperform the major markets, US, Australia, Japan, Brazil, China, and Europe. Yes. How did you go? Look, I wasn't far off. It certainly isn't the rock star performer for all of those markets. It has outperformed the ASX considerably. However, it hasn't outperformed the S&P 500. So the S&P 500 up 10 point, uh, sorry, 12.6% at the time of recording. The Indian index is up 10.6%. So not bad, not a bad return at all, but just pipped by the S&P 500. But look, as I said, it did beat Australia. Australia is flat. Yeah. So if your prediction was a little less bold and yes. you said it would be the star performer against Australia, 
You would have got the win? Maybe I'll be going for mildly bold predictions Mi- next year. <laughs> Mild predictions. <laughs> this was a bold one. I was obviously feeling very bullish on, on uh, property. I said that residential property prices will experience in excess of 10% gains in both Sydney and Melbourne. Yes. <laughs> Very yes. bold. Very bold. Obviously, you didn't know COVID was coming. I didn't know COVID was coming. I th- the interest rates were cheap. There was a lot of money going around. Unfortunately, that didn't play out, uh, so I didn't win that. Sydney saw 1.5% and Melbourne is reasonably flat. I'm thinking that I might carry this through to 2021, but we'll leave that for now. Fair enough. Your next one. Yes. Ethical investing inflows in Australia will be the biggest ever. I'm going to take this. Which, in hindsight, I challenge how bold that was. (laughs) Yeah, it's fair. (laughs) Ethical investing is clearly the biggest trend in markets at the moment. I mean, you could say that BlackRock, who's the biggest asset manager in the world, turned all of their close to $10 trillion in assets under management to ethical because their CEO wrote a letter saying ethical is now a consideration in all of our investments, like ESG concerns, environmental, social and governance, and in particular, sustainability around climate change. But global ethical investing inflows were up 72% in Q2 2020 alone. So yeah, it was the biggest ever. Yeah, nice. Four more to go, Ren, but before we do a quick word from our sponsors. So the next one, Ren, I have is that agriculture will be the worst performing sector in Australia. Again, COVID's come in and uh, proven me wrong on that one. Safe to say that it wasn't. Energy got absolutely smashed. (laughs) Travel got absolutely smashed. The negative oil price that we had for a moment earlier in the year really hurt the energy sector Mm. and really made this bet a non-starter. Didn't even get off the ground. Just for context and just because I looked these numbers up, three of Australia's big energy companies, so Santos was down 21%, Woodside was down 34% and Oil Search was down almost 50%. So like big falls there. On the other hand, you had some of the big agricultural companies up, like Elders had a pretty good year actually. It was up almost 60%. So, sorry, bro. That's okay. Hey, 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 you live and you learn. Next one, CSL. Now, I was, oh, this one, yeah. CSL will become the biggest ASX company by market cap. Now, there was a moment in time this year where that was the case. Yeah. And it wasn't too long ago. The only thing is that its competitor for this position is Commonwealth Bank, and it has been on a pretty strong run over the last month and a half. And as a result of that, has reclaimed its number one spot as the biggest company in Australia with a market cap of $147 billion. CSL at the time of recording is $137 billion, $10 billion shy of claiming that mantle, but I guess rules are rules. I haven't made that bet right. No, you were so close to this one. I know. Yeah. Could still happen by end of year. Could. Come on, CSL. Come on, CSL. It's just crazy to think that our biggest companies are around that $140 billion mark. And then you look in the US and it's, you know, $1.5 trillion, $1.6 trillion, $2.1 trillion. Like, it's just. These companies don't even compare. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you've got three to go, three so to let's go. Run through them. Let's power through them. Donald Trump will be re-elected in 2020. No, but I am more than happy to take that. You were you were pretty upset on election <laughs> night. <laughs> Not true. Moving on. Piracy makes a comeback. 
Very broad. Very broad. We'll say this one is a no, but I think hard to tell, really. I don't know how we were going to measure that one. I was, yeah, well, I was doing some Googling earlier, and it seems like piracy may have been up. There wasn't a lot of good data that said, you know, it was up X percent, down X percent. I guess it's hard to track. But overall vibe I was getting, shall we say, from what I was reading was that it may have been up slightly, but overall content consumption was up because yeah. we were all just locked down at home, you know, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, all that stuff. So as a proportion of overall content consumption, it's probably not a yes. Take that as a no. And also I closed out with an <laughs> AFL one as well that the Hawks would make the AFL top four. Couldn't have been more wrong. They came 15th. So thank you for that, Hawthorne Football Club. So, Ren, I ended up walking away with an encouragement award. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Two out of nine, 22%. Very close to a couple and probably could have been more bold on a few more. But anyway, look, you live and you learn. Looking forward to seeing how 2021 bold predictions go. You probably owe me some beers for the bold predictions, but at the end of the day, that is nothing more than a Pyrrhic victory for me because you won when it counts. You won the stock of the year. Again, <laughs> you're three from three. You've done a Hawthorne Hawks three-peat. I will be coming strong next Uh-oh. year. I'll be leaning on all of the experts that we've spoken <laughs> to over the summer break. They will not be able to escape me as I try and get all of their information and come home with a great pitch for 2021. Nice looking I, forward As to I it. say that, I'm thinking that I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself. <laughs> you are, you are. And I'm putting no pressure on. So look, we will endeavour to get as many bold predictions as we can from the community to start off 2021 as well. So stay tuned across our social channels to hear about how we will make that happen. Also, I think on behalf of Ren and all the experts that we've had on the show, it's been an awesome year. Couldn't have done it without you guys, the community. It's just been an an awesome experience and, and learning journey with you guys along the way. We've got a lot of things planned in 2021 that will hopefully bring everyone closer and make the experience a lot more enjoyable and rewarding and valuable for everyone. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's been an awesome year. I mean, we quit our jobs. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's been an amazing, I guess, feat. Forget, forget bold predictions. That was bold action. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows what's going to happen in 2021 with the markets? But I think, given you know, we're going to be in a position to give this out all over the next 12 months even more (laughs) so (laughs) so i'm really excited as to see how the community grows and and uh and what happens with equity mates yeah just to echo that big thank you to everyone hope you guys have a great summer a good christmas enjoy your the slowly easing lockdowns especially if you're a listener from melbourne and i guess enjoy the summer series because we're pretty stoked that we got to speak to some ceos so we hope you guys get something out of it It was incredibly rewarding and valuable. So don't miss the summer series. We'll be back 1st of Feb. Yep. And if you want to keep up to date until then, on top of the summer series, you know, we've got all our social channels. We've got our mailing list, thought starters. So, you know, there's plenty of Equity Mates content over the summer as well. So start your 2021 right, get your money sorted, get your head around how you're going to invest for the year and use the summer break in the most productive way possible, which we would say is engaging with Equity Mates. Nice one. Well, Ren, it's been great. Have a good break yourself and we'll chat next year. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances or goals. 
The host of Equitymates Investing Podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. 